This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we have three favors to ask of you. First, we want you to submit a question. You can do that in one of three ways. I'm going to give you a third way here in just a second. You can go to our church app, Village Church of Bartlett app, from you know, an app store. You can download that. Number two, you can go to our website, vcob.org, and right on the homepage, you can click that little button that says Q&A podcast, send that question that way. And snail mail still works, so you can still email or write snail mail. Snail mail. Address on the website, go for yeah. it. Number two, we want you to share this podcast or any of the other podcasts that we put out there with your friends, family members, or foes. And number three, we want you to go to the iTunes store and rate and review our podcast. All right, so here's our question for today, Pastor Michael. What is sin and why is it such a big deal? Sin is two things. Sin is a condition and sin is a behavior. Yes, sir. really important to make a distinction. So um, typically people think of sin as like I did a bad thing or God is They think of it as an action. Yeah. And and it is an action, but the action is the overflow of a heart condition. Yes. So if we rewind back in time to the fall, which is the fall is the first sin. Okay. Yes. Um, God promised that if you sin, you will surely die. So what happened is that I imagine like a virus. So as soon as they sinned, all of creation began the process of decay, starting mm-hmm. with Adam and Eve, their physical bodies and their spiritual bodies. So spiritual right. body, you get the point. So what happened is um, sin corrupted their soul and fundamentally changed who they were. Right. And uh, I mean, they're still made in the image of God. They're still valuable. Yes, they're still they are. Adam and Eve, but their, but their propensity towards sin grew exponentially. To the point where you get to Genesis 4. I mean, we go from Genesis 3, you're in the garden, all things are kind of okay, to Genesis 4, and Cain is slaughtering Abel. Yeah, right? his own brother. Right. And that just shows you how fast the trajectory went, how mm-hmm. fast That's the how speed of sin took over. So everybody from Adam and Eve- Had on, this sin nature passed down to them. They inherited that, and it had infected their body. And their soul and spirit, if you want to make a distinction, <laughs> listen to our pro- previous podcast. Um, and so um, every single human born was born with a sin nature. That's it right. is inside of us and it corrupts our minds and our bodies and our emotions. And some people would say, well, how big of a, how big of a deal is sin really? Well, look at Cain. Yeah. Okay? And then when you start- What it can do. Yeah. You start reading the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis, by the time you get to chapter six, it says the, that every thought was only evil continually. continually. It's like yeah. this powerful like transition from righteous to completely morally corrupt. Right. And that's that's one of the main points that the narrative of Genesis is trying to communicate to us is that sin is so bad that it fully, thoroughly corrupts humanity. And that unless God comes in and gives law, then we are going to be fundamentally killing each other morally, spiritually, physically, whatever. 
And um, so now by the time we get to, you know, us today, like we've grown up in a a Judeo-Christian ethic. Uh, And we forget that the Judeo-Christian ethic was developed as God brought into the chaos of humanity through Abraham law and order. And this law and order spread, if you will, to the point where now we are thoroughly influenced by this. We have clear um, delineations of good and bad and mm-hmm. right and wrong, even though different people define them differently. Like that is a fundamentally Judeo-Christian thing. When you right. take that out of the equation, there is no wrong or right. There is only what I want. Yeah. So the fact that even secular humanists in America have a distinction of right and wrong is the residue of their Judeo-Christian ethics. So that being said, we are in our minds, in our souls, spirits, bodies, um, broken by sin. It is a condition inside of us. And because of the condition, we behave in sinful ways. That's exactly right. Sin is a condition that we are born with, and it is a behavior. First John chapter three, verse four says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness because lawlessness, because sin is lawlessness. And the whole point is if your behavior is going to be sin, that's lawlessness. It's a violation, violation of, of law. God's law, mm-hmm. or it is acting naturally in a way where you have no law. It's this idea. It goes both ways. So um, the word m- means at its most base, you're missing the mark, right? Sin is a word for you're off. And the whole point is that because of sin, if I'm shooting an arrow, um, I am incapable of hitting the mark. Mm-hmm. And so every arrow I shoot just happens to miss the mark because sin is preventing me. It's like having bad eyesight. Um, I can try and try and try, but I'm never going to hit what I'm looking for because I can't really, really see it. Now that this, this statement actually goes against our culture and what our, our, our socialist culture tries to say is man is inherently good at heart. But the Bible says man is inherently evil or sinful at heart. You know, only a, only a Westerner growing up in a privileged home can say yeah. man is inherently good. And you have to blind yourself to the evils all over the world. From, I mean, I mean, what was it? In the 20th century, um, hundreds of millions of people were executed in oh, war yeah. and atrocity in the 20th century alone. I mean, you, you I don't uh, I have a hard time appreciating the sentiment that people think we're basically good. Right. Uh, they're, they're just underestimating. They just need to look at history and what man is capable of doing to another human being. Right. And, and, and of course we say, I would never do that. Yes, you would. Yeah, you in would. In their context, yeah. you have been privileged to grow up in a Judeo-Christian context that has formed your morality in a mom and or a dad or some kind of parental units who have come around you and instilled this ethic inside of you and have disciplined you for wrongdoing. If you grew up in a different era, in a different time, you would do exactly what many of these people have done. The only difference is you have not grown up in that culture. That's just right. Shows the power of culture and also the power of a of a family unit with a basis of a Judeo Christian ethic, yep. which raises functional human beings have, have done semi well. We as Christians, we believe because the Bible teaches that sin is a very very big deal. The pop culture idea is that why is it even a big deal? Who really cares? Then the Christian comes in and says, it's so bad that even one sin is going to send you to hell for all of eternity. And so the secular humanist or the non-religious or the cultural Christian says, that's extreme. Don't you think God's kind of like overreacting? And let me just tell you something. God never overreacts. Never overreacts. Every reaction that he has is perfectly measured, holy, and righteous. And if anybody saw what God saw, 
and they saw it from his lens would never ever accuse him of overreacting. Right. And so it may sound culturally acceptable and cool to say that eternal punishment, conscious punishment in hell is overkill. What's more likely that the omniscient, holy, righteous God of the universe is overkilling and overreacting or that you finite being are not measuring the severity of sin accurately. Right. I'll, I'll go with I'll, the I'll former. I think I'll land on God. Yeah. He's probably going to get it right here. So sin is a big deal for a couple of reasons. Number one, because God says it is. Um, sin is, from the very beginning, it was so bad that it broke fellowship with God. Yeah, it broke permanent. our personal relationship with God. Yeah, Adam and Eve, they literally got kicked out of the Garden of Delight. That's what Eden means. Yeah. They got kicked out. An angel with a flaming sword blocked access um, to God functionally. I mean, that's what happened. And and so sin violates um, our relationship with God, breaks that permanently. Um, sin is a, a violation of a cosmic law. Um, God in his holiness and righteous, righteousness must deal with every sin. And, mm-hmm. and when we just look at sin as not a big deal, we're, we're very simply ignoring what God says about it, ignoring the consequences of it. I mean, think about this. Because Adam and Eve sinned, the sin nature was passed on to their kids. And every murder, every rape, every atrocity all emerged out of what was no big deal. Yeah. Well, it was a big deal. And you can see because of the ramifications of what happened. And so to to say sin is not a big deal is to ignore how devastating it has been to humanity, number one, is to ignore what God says about it, which is always foolish. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so here's, I think, a big picture. What is sin? It's a condition and a behavior. Why is it such a big deal? Because God says it is. Because it is fundamentally anti-God. And, and here's the biggest thing. Because sin corrupts people. Yeah. It's like cancer. It's small, but it grows quick. It grows very quickly. And it just encompasses the entire person. It does. And that's what people don't get. They think, I can handle this. It's not going to be that big of a deal. But we forget. Sin is way more powerful. It is so powerful that the only thing that could overcome it was the death of God himself on the yeah. cross and the power of God through God taking residence inside of us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that powerful that there is no overcoming sin unless you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. That is how That's powerful right. of a force it really is. And so we say, oh, it's just this, or oh, it's just that. Uh, sin, not at all. Sin does not let go. And the only way to get the power of sin removed from us is to be given the Holy Spirit who breaks the power that's of right. sin and darkness in our life. So um, there's going to be, I've, I've heard a million theologians, not a million, that's hyperbole. I've heard a lot of theologians give examples of its cosmic treason and all of these logical um, and they're helpful ideas about why it's sin is such a big deal. Look what it did in creation. It destroyed us. Yes. Um, God says it's a big deal. And sin was apparently so vile and bad to God that it broke completely his fellowship with humanity um, and so we look at the stuff and we just say, Hey, sin is a big deal. And whether you believe it or not, sin has affected your mind. And so yes. sin is causing you and I to not think it's as big of a deal as it is. And, um, and God is, you can disagree with this. You can take it up with God. You can say, I don't like the way you think about this. God, that's not fair. It doesn't change doesn't one fact. change. God will judge every single sin ever committed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And we have two options. Either I pay for my sin or Jesus pays for it. In his cosmic justice, that is the decision. That is the way it works. Either I pay for it in hell or I trust in Jesus and ask him to forgive me. And he 
pays for my sin on the cross. That's right. So either way, I'm going to take Jesus. But that Every being time. said, um, it is an enormous deal, so much so that Jesus had died for Listeners, thanks for joining us today. We hope this has been helpful on how big sin is and what a big deal it is. Please come back next time when we answer the question, why did God find it fit to create spiders, roaches, cicadas, and other nasty creatures to live among us? Thank you.